0: Hey, my name is Mark Steiger. As Delton had said, Aaron is still up in North Dakota. That's the great northern area. Uh, well, thank you for being here today. <clears throat> so we're continuing our story um, looking at the life of Peter. Right? And so last week, we kind of looked at um, how Peter really transformed um, the church and just even the way that um, Christ was being um, shared with, with everybody, with the Gentiles, and he, he looked at really how um, prejudice um, can really hinder us in a lot of things, and, you know, and so today we're actually going to continue the, kind of this story, and, and if we look, that was in Acts chapter 10, and in Acts chapter 11, everything is going great, like everything is going great right? And um, the church is growing, everybody's happy, everything's wonderful, and then what happens? Well, crisis, right? Have you guys ever been in crisis? <clears throat> I have, like every Monday morning um, when I'm running late for work. Um, crisis is one of those things where it happens in our lives, and it always feels like it always happens when we, everything is going good, right? It's almost like that next foot falling type thing, right? And in crisis, it's one of those things where we get to see, as as followers of Jesus, the power of God, the true power of God. So before we start, I want to pray. So dear Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for um, your love and um, your presence with us at all times. And Lord, I just pray for today, um, and God, I just pray for anybody in here who's maybe going through stuff in their life right now, God, that, um, that God, you show up, you show up in big ways, and Lord, we love you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I have a prop up here, Let's see if we can light it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I should be on the worship team. <laughs> Oh, I've always wanted to be a hype man for the worship team. Yay! Yeah! <clears throat> Let's go. <clears throat> Alright, sorry. Good back this. Alright, when this candle burns out, we're done. So um, get comfy. Hope you guys got your coffee. Alright, so we are in Acts chapter 12. And everything in the time in the church is going good. And it's, it's amazing how things in the church were going good, but there's still opposition, right? The, the Pharisees uh, were really wanting to kind of stop this movement of Jesus. They thought it was fake, right? They thought, hey, if we bury this dude, if we kill him, it's all going to end. Everybody's going to disperse, and we're going to get back to our normal thing. And then, oh, we buried him. Oh, hey, now they're saying he rose from the dead. Okay, now we're going to stop these guys right? And, and in late, earlier in Acts, we see that um, Steph 7, I can't say his name right. Basically, we had our first martyr, right? Thank you. And um, you know, they thought, okay, if we kill one of them, they'll stop. Right? And then all of a sudden, it, it doesn't stop. So then they get, they get a guy named Saul to go around and start killing all the Christians. Well, what happens to Saul? Well, he, he Becomes a believer. Changes his name to Paul. And all of a sudden, everything that, that the Pharisees were doing was kind of going back on them, right? And all of a sudden, they're like, we got we to do something to stop this. And I think sometimes in our life, it feels like that, right? Where everything's going good in our lives, but then it almost feels like the enemy's like, hey, we are going to put a kibosh on this thing. And this is where I think the story in Acts chapter 12 has, has so much... Just power in it. So even when stuff hits the fan, don't get a picture of that in your mind, um, <clears throat> God is still present even in our stuff. right? So we so, have a candle up here, and uh, one of my favorite books, highly recommend reading it. I talk about it probably every single time I'm up here. Uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was a neurologist and psychiatrist back in the 1940s, and he was Jewish, and he, he actually went to the concentration camps. He went to Auschwitz, he went to Dachau, he went to all these concentration camps. And when he, he survived, he wrote a book um, for therapy um, called Logotherapy, but he called it Man's Search for Meaning. And it tells of his story of, in the concentration camp, finding meaning in his life. And one of his quotes in, in the book, He says this, is what is to give light must endure burning. Have you ever been in like a storm or something like that? I remember as a little kid, I grew up in Colorado Springs, and I remember we had this really, really bad storm and all the power went out. You know, as a little kid, that's like the most terrifying thing, right? Like, ah, my video games. How am I going to play my video games? Right? And all of a sudden, my mom went around the house and she grabbed candles and she lit candles and it was like this, I remember it was like this amazing moment, right? Where the, the house was lit up with candles. And there's so many times in our life where it feels like <clears throat> when we're in things, we're just, we're just burning. Right? When, I, when, I'm, when I'm going through stuff in my life, it feels like I am just burning to shreds, right? But the beauty of it is what, what Victor Frankl says, what is to give light must endure burning. So even as followers of Jesus, we are going to face crisis. If you've never faced crisis, you're lying to yourself, and we can talk later about that. But um, <clears throat> we, we're going to face crisis. But with Christ in us, we're a light. We get to have this peace that, that goes beyond anything else. And so we're going to read this, um, it's, a, it's a long passage, so if my dyslexia kicks in, please forgive me. Um, it's in Acts chapter 12. So this is what's happening up until this point. So it says this, it was about this time the King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intended to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death by the sword. When he saw that this met the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter. Also, there's a little also there. Uh, This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handed him over to the guards by four four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out to public trial after the Passover. So all of a sudden, everything's going good. And Herod, all of a sudden, starts, he's like, eh, it's going to stop. He kills James. Right, James. It was actually it, it, his title was James the Great. Would you like that? There's actually a James the Lesser in the Bible, which it's kind of a bummer. Like, hey, I'm the lesser, but um, I don't know if you had any ego with that. But actually, so he killed James, and James' story is, is fascinating. We're actually gonna get to that in a minute. But all of a sudden, Herod's like, "Oh, this this is good, right? I, I get to appease these people. I'm gonna I'm gonna capture this other guy, put him in prison, and you know what?" I'm going to make sure he stays there, right? I mean, he's gonna, we're going to have lots of guards with that, right? And all of a sudden, so <clears throat> Peter, so in verse 5, it says, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. This right here is a powerful thing. The church prayed. You know, when we talk about prayer requests on the, the little seatback things, this is it, right? This is where the church, us, Believers get together and pray. And there's power in that. There's so much power in that. So it goes on. It says, The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quickly, he got up. He said, quickly, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And so Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him. Peter followed him out of prison, but had no idea that the angel was doing was really happening. He thought it was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to an iron gate leading to the city. It was open for them by itself. And they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, it always took Peter a little longer, right? When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. I like that name. And when many people had gathered and, and were praying, so they're still praying, Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhonda came and answered the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed and ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be an angel. But Peter was knocking, and, the, and they opened the door and saw him, and they were astonished. I love this story. Now, I work um, at Larimer County Jail, so this story is actually very frightening for me. If somebody just walked out of the jail, it'd be, oh, no, right? Um, But there's so much involved in this story, right, where God is pressing in, right? And see, Peter went to jail or prison, really, jail, prison, uh, with no fault, right? Now, I hear that all the time. I didn't do anything, but he actually did nothing. He just, he went there, and when he went in, you know, he allowed God to take control. And this is where, when we're in crisis, are we allowing God to take control? Are we allowing God to move in our lives? And we see this, and I love this story because we see Peter being Peter, right? He's in, he's in prison. He's about to be executed. And this is no joke. They just, they just executed James, and he's about to be executed the next day. And all of a sudden, he's sleeping. Sound asleep. Sleeping like a baby. Actually, not a baby. More of a teenager. You ever slept? Babies don't sleep. Teenagers do. You can never wake them up. But he is out cold, right? All of a sudden, an angel shows up. A bright light comes around. And he still doesn't wake up. The angel has to knock him, right? He is so calm. He's not. He's not. He's not freaking out. He's not like, oh God, you got to get me out of this. God, you got me out of this. He's. He is sleeping. He's at peace. And I think so many times in my life, when when crisis hits, usually my prayer is, God, you got to get me out of this. God, you got to get me out of this thing. You know, we see with Peter. He had he had this peace throughout him, that allowed him just to rest, even in the worst circumstances. And there's so many times in our life when we're we're faced with with crisis. Big crisis, low crisis, can't find my car keys, horrible things happening. All of these things can be crisis, and all of them can ensue this emotion inside of us that freaks out. And then this is where do we re- Do we rely on the true power of God? You know a little part in this um, this this verse or this this chapter is very kind of skipped over, and there's not much um within the Bible on this, but it's the story of James. I love the story of James. this is one of my favorite things if if I could be like James, I would love to be like James except I don't want to lose my head. I like my head, right People say it looks like Brad Pitt, who let himself go um, so um I'm sticking with the first part. So, so James, <clears throat> James, you know, he was he was a brother of John, and and he was with Jesus, right? And so he gets arrested and he gets basically beheaded, and we see that in this, but we don't really see the account what happens. But if, you, if there's a book called the Fox's Book of Martyrs, It tells all the stories of of the the martyrs of in Christianity, and this is actually one of my favorite or more profound, I guess, stories, right? So James, in the Fox's Book of Martyrs, says this. So James gets arrested, right? And the guy who tries him kind of comes in and says this in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. says, as James was led to a place of martyrdom, his accuser was was brought to repent um, of his conduct, no, sorry, report of his conduct by the apostle extraordinary courage and undaunted. So I'm not going to read that because my, my reading is not good today. So basically what happens is this guy who accuses James goes to him the night before he dies. And the guy who accuses James sees his courage and his undaunted faith. And so this guy who, who had originally sent James to die, he says, he says he fell down at the feet of Herod. Um, requesting his pardon, professing himself a Christian, this man who originally accused James and resolved that James should not receive the crown of martyrdom alone; hence, they both were beheaded at the same time. Whoa! To me, it's 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 profound, right? So here's James. He we always look at these stories where everybody gets out of the trouble, right? I mean, it's almost every movie. Like, everything goes bad. If you ever watched a rom-com, right? It's like, oh, they love each other, but he doesn't tell her something, and then all of a sudden she finds out, and then she leaves, but then they go fall back in love together, and then it ends happily ever after. <sighs> it's so wonderful. Notebook, watch it. Um, but here's James. He's, he's going to be beheaded, and God doesn't get him out of that crisis. But his faith... In who God is, is so profound that the guy who accuses him starts following the same God that originally he wanted to put James to death for. Could you imagine this other guy? Man, he's like, hey, you got to let this guy go. I was wrong. I was wrong. You got to let him go. If you're not going to let him go, I believe exactly what he believes and I'm going to die with him. I'm like, man. To me, that is faith. That's faith in crisis. That's faith beyond anything I could imagine. Because if I was in that, that boat, man, I'd be groveling. I'd be doing everything I could to save my neck. But James is like, this is who God is. He just lays it out to him. Well, you see, with Peter, Peter's in this boat. Or not the boat, he's in prison. And all of a sudden, he, he's, he's, he knows this is probably going to happen. And he's asleep. He has this peace that goes without any understanding. You know, and a couple things we can learn from this too, right? Is One is when we're in that crisis, are we we looking to God? Are we giving off light or are we just feeling the burning? You know, a couple cool things about this is when God shows up in this, nothing stops him right and there's guards all over this jail and an angel just walks in when God wants to show up in our lives and I think truly believe he does constantly why because he loves us he loves us without anything else anything attached and we're in crisis God shows up God's presence shows up now with this it's very interesting because see when when the angel shows up he has to wake Peter up, and also he tells him to do stuff. Get up. Put your clothes on. Follow me. You ever been in crisis where all of a sudden you just stop, right? We were at like Elijah's quite a few months ago, and there was like this little kid lost his parents, and what do the kids do? They just freeze and cry, right? That's what about I do usually in crisis, right? It's not like, okay, I'm gonna get out of this. Sometimes in crisis, we just freeze. Right? Peter could have just been like, "Oh my goodness, I'm gonna die." Angel, you don't understand this. These chains are on me. There's guards everywhere. I'm not gonna get out of here. And the Angel's like, "Get up." He's like, "No, I can't. I can't do it." Right? No, he follows him. Sometimes in our lives, I think we are we're imprisoned to things in our lives. Right? I heard a pastor once say he said, "You know about." Those those things in our lives, you know, addiction or sin or, or whatever we want to call it, where we are like praying, God, you got to get me out of this. God, please get me out of this. Sometimes God opens the door, and we have to get up and follow Him. Right, and I think with this one, it's it's Jesus says he, he wants to be in our lives, but we have to take that action step too. Peter had to get up, had to get clothed, had to walk out. There's so many times in my life where I just freeze and I just stand there and I can stay in my crisis for forever because I'm stuck right there. And then I think sometimes in this moment, God's like, hey, do you trust me? Because any moment, it could all have changed, right? He could have got up, started walking and the guard's like, ah, I don't think so. And then, you know, smited him. I think that's a biblical word. And um, he's just walking out right? That's kind of a weird moment. And this is where God is always going to be with us in our crisis. We're never alone. Do we believe that? Because sometimes it, when I feel alone, is I, feel, I feel abandoned. I feel like the crisis is just pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding me. And I just feel like nothing is around and nobody understands and any of that stuff. And sometimes I'm not out of the crisis, kind of like James was. He, he didn't get out of that crisis. But we're not alone. You know, this other part about this, this verse is we're not alone also is because of the church. Because of who you guys are. Every week, we say, hey, put a prayer request on that that form, right? I love that. And honestly, I am the shyest person. Like, oh, I don't want to burden them. I don't know, right? Here's the thing. When Peter was arrested, what did the church do? They prayed. You know, the Bible doesn't say they prayed for his deliverance. They prayed for him. And I love that because even when he shows up at the house, right, they're like, oh, no, 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 he's he's not free. Trust me. He's not at the front door. I know there's knocking. It's probably the wind. He's not at the front door, right? The, it, but they were praying. They were kept on praying. And I think sometimes in, in our lives, when we have believers around us praying for us, bringing God into it, we, we might, even as, as somebody who's praying for, for, you know, for other people, I might not fully understand what's going on. I might not fully understand, but I, you know what? My thing is I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God is in the presence of all of your stuff. God can move in big ways. Here, Peter just walks out, goes to the door, starts knocking on those things. So we're not alone in this. But in life, I think so many times we, even in the church, we look at the those stories of how everything turns out good. And I think sometimes in our lives, it might not feel that way. I used to work at a hospital, and I was uh, the trauma counselor. And basically, I would deliver all the bad news in the hospital, which <laughs> was not fun. And, um, you know, without breaking HIPAA, um, I remember there was this one family that was there, and most profound family I met in my life. Their, their son um, came in, accident, not doing good, right? And he was up on, like, the ICU unit, tubes and everything coming out of him. And this family, I mean, it forever changed everybody's life on that floor. The nurses, they would come in and just bring the nurses food and they would, they would pray with them. They would just, they would have worship music going and it wasn't the weird thing where it's like, oh, these people, they're really mourning. It was, they were, they were in their crisis. It was a true crisis. They were burning in that. But they were giving off this light. They had a hope and a hope that surpassed anything. And it wasn't them. It wasn't, you know, oh, they're just great. It was it was what was inside them. And I remember when, when the son passed away, um, <clears throat> I was there with the family, and I remember all every single nurse was in there. And the family was praising God, mourning, doing all this at that moment. And because... They understood that even in the crisis, even in when life feels like it's crashing in, God is still great. God is still moving. So, can we have the band come up? Yay. Still got a lot of time left. Um, <clears throat> so, my thing with this. There's those things in our lives where we might feel like we're burning. And I, I just want to encourage you guys, right? What, what um, Victor Frankl said, what is to give light must endure burning. As followers of Christ, we're going to, as human beings, we're going to face crisis in our lives. Everybody faces crisis in our lives. and I try to avoid it as much as I can. But, man, sometimes it hits you. And here's the thing, right? When we face that burning, when we face that crisis, God is in it. Out of this story, man, I would, I would love my story to be like James. Everything going bad, and I'm like, you know what? Hey, you're the one who's accused me. I want you to know Jesus. I mean, To me, that is the most profound thing. That is faith that goes beyond anything. You know the reality is? Sometimes I feel like my faith is not there. Sometimes I feel like in those crisis moments, I revert back to what I know, which is not good things, right? I revert back to those those safety nets that has never really kept me safe. And in this, this is kind of like a candle in a storm, right? All, all lights are off. The electricity's out. Wind's howling outside. I'm terrified as a little kid. My mom lights a little candle. That little candle lights up everything in the room. There's something of peace about it. Where we're in crisis, that light is what Jesus is. He put it inside of us. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, we love you. And God, I just pray right now, um, for those of us in our lives right now, where things just feel like they're crumbling, things feel out of control, things, or even if things are going really well, everything's going perfect, but we're scared. We have a fear that something bad's going to happen. God, I just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you, you be our light. You ignite us uh, in our our lives that we can look towards you. God, that you said we are never going to be alone, that you will never forsake us. So, Lord, even for those in here who are still kind of wondering, I don't know about this God thing, and and he hasn't really gotten me out of anything yet. So, Lord, I just pray right now, God, that you just show up. You allow your peace to come. No matter what storm or things are happening in our life. So, Lord, we love you. God, we know or we're learning. That you're you're going to be there for us that you're right there with us that you bring us peace you bring us hope you bring us freedom your name amen